<laughs> oh, visitors. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, grace and peace to you in the name of the Lord our God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to my jail cell. <laughs> Please, part of the mess. I know there's papers all over, scrolls and ink and writing implements, while my jailer doesn't seem to think that it's important to clean up this mess. Well, and uh, neither do I. I'm far too busy, far too busy writing, you see, writing letters to teach people about Jesus. If only there was some faster way to do it, uh, some lightning quick way to communicate around the world in an instant, uh, communicating the gospel, of course. Mm, well, hmm, maybe that will happen someday, but on the other hand, perhaps the writing of letters and sharing them with one another is the best way after all. <laughs> I am a Paul, as you know. You have come to see me here in my Roman jail cell. And uh, I understand you want to, to get some idea of what type of person I am. <laughs> I can tell you plainly, I am chief of sinners. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I am a, 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 mainly a sinner, but saved by the grace of God, as we all are. Well, uh, I think perhaps we better back this chariot up. Uh, to the starting line before we uh, get the whole story. You see, I was born Saul in the city of Tarsus in Cilicia, uh, born to a family of uh, Pharisees, very religious people. Of course, my father, my uncles, my grandfather went strictly by the law of the Torah and the, and the Pentateuch following strictly that law which we knew was the way to God. And we knew that we knew and that you did not. No one else knew. We knew the Pharisees. I was privileged to grow up in Jerusalem under the Rabbi Gamaliel, one of the finest rabbis. Oh, he knew everything, and we, his students, loved him. I was seen as a, a, a step above many of my classmates because uh, I took what he said to be true, absolutely true. Right was right, wrong was wrong, and you stayed on the right, of course. Well, I was a zealous young man and went about my studies with great zeal, studying, learning, digesting, and then uh, reminding my fellow students how they were wrong and how I was right. Why, in my youth, uh, however, there came to be um, uh, little niggling things that bothered me, things I couldn't understand, but I wouldn't admit it. For instance, uh, why, my uh, sister at home made a statement that was incredibly insightful and clear. How could a woman know the scriptures so clearly? Well, this was for men, of course, uh, but she was right 
I couldn't admit it. It bothered me. What? And then I, I, I heard uh, another day at synagogue, I looked around and there, hardly anyone was there. Well, I wondered what, what could be the trouble. I was a young man at the time and uh, hardly anyone was there. One of the rabbis said, oh, well, they have gone to see that, that heretic, uh, the prophet, uh, no, no the, uh, the, the carpenter from Nazareth. Uh, that man Jesus, he claims that he is something, and uh, why th uh, they say there have been miracles. Uh, of course, it cannot be true. Who, what good could come out of Nazareth? <laughs> of course, I dismissed it because my rabbi dismissed it. It could not be true. But it bothered me. Deep down, it, I wondered. It was like a, a small gnat flying around me, <laughs> bothersome. I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> Why? Well, then an another thing very disturbing. Why, well, after this Jesus had been uh, duly crucified, buried, uh, well, one of his followers, a man named Stephen, had been tried by the city council there in Jerusalem, and he was receiving his just punishment. They dragged him out of the city and stoned him there. Why, many of those who were his executioners laid their cloaks at my feet. Is my beard coming off? Someone should invent better sticky glue. <coughs> How about the mustache? Is that bothering you too? <laughs> Bad tape. Where was I? Hmm. Oh, we were stoning Stephen. Yes. <laughs> that was poor timing. Robes at my feet. Oh, yes. And then this man Stephen is stoning. Why? It, it is a gruesome task. Awful to watch, of course. But this man's face, why, while he was being executed, the stones piling upon him, he cried out. He said, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Another stone struck him on the head. There was blood coming down. He was almost gone. And his face lit up. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. You'll never get that image out of my mind. It bothered me. Surely this man was wrong. This Jesus could not have been who he said he was, but this man died for the sake of Christ. How could he command such devotion from his followers? It bothered me. I tried to put it out of my mind, but it came to me at all hours, night, day, night. Uh, that man's face, the doubts, they were like the gnats. I could not get rid of them. Why? Then one day, I turned my zeal, my energy, towards battling this thing, these people they called the way. 
wife. They were clearly wrong. And so I went about from house to house with authority, dragging men and women from the house, punishing them for their confession of Christ. Surely this would stop them. But no. And, and many of them were afraid, but others bore their persecution with peace and grace, just like Stephen did. I could not comprehend it. I, 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 I poured more energy into it. I got papers with authority to go all the way up to Damascus. We heard there were more believers up there. And on the way, we were intercepted in a most remarkable way. We were almost there to Damascus when a, a bright light from heaven stopped us in our tracks. It was like looking in directly into the sun. I fell off my horse as did the others, and I, I heard a voice. It said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I said, who, who are you, Lord? And then I heard his voice. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up, he said. Get up and go into Damascus. And there I will tell you what to do. I, I, I did get up, but I could not see. My eyes had been blinded by the light. I bumped into my horse, which strangely was still there. And my guards helped me, guided me into Damascus, where I stayed for three days and nights without eating, only praying, questioning, hoping. Then it was that a man named Ananias came to me. He said the Lord had sent him to pray for me. I was blind throughout that time. What, when Ananias laid his hands on me and prayed in the name of Jesus, my eyes were opened. A miracle in the name of Jesus. And I could see. I immediately realized I was wrong. They were right. Ananias said, Accept Christ. Be baptized that your sins may be washed away. And I immediately confessed Christ and was baptized. And from that day, no more gnats. Clarity. Vision. And not these eyes. No, these eyes. And I could see who Jesus is. Oh, yes, I, I can see through these eyes, but not well. It has been a problem all my life. <laughs> it makes it very difficult to, to, to read, to write, but I do as well as I can. Well, in Damascus, I immediately began... Uh, a, a turnabout, one might say. Instead of persecuting the Christians, I said, no, these people understand Jesus is Messiah. I believe it too. You should also. They did not believe me. How could they trust an enemy to become a friend in, a, in an instant? But it was true. In fact, I, 
I was in danger there. Even as I spoke, people, the Jews, were plotting against me, and so I had to be snuck out of town, lowered down the wall in a basket. And I fled at first back to Jerusalem. And then, as well, I spoke with, with James there and with Peter. But the Lord came to me in a dream. He said, leave Jerusalem. You are not safe here. They will not believe you. And so I fled again, this time into the wilderness, there to study, to think, to pray, to allow the Holy Spirit to instruct me all the way from the beginning, to see from the Pentateuch, the books of history, the poetry, the prophets, how they would indicate Jesus is Messiah, and they do, oh, many, many times. Oh, I came out of the wilderness to preach with zeal, to teach that Jesus is Messiah. God sent me to a people, not the Jews, not my own people. He sent me to the Gentiles. Well, I spent some years in Antioch. And if it had not been for my friend Barnabas, the disciples may not have accepted me there. But eventually they did. And before long, the Lord appointed us, Barnabas and I, to go forth on a missionary journey. So we did. We sailed from the port then to the island of Cyprus. And then... To Macedonia, to Lystra, to Berea, to Thessalonica. Oh, but in Derby, things did not go well. No, my zeal was tested. Again, the Jews complained about me. Indeed, they punished me with that same act of stoning. They dragged me out of town and stoned me and left me for dead. The disciples gathered around me. Whether I was dead or not, I cannot say, but I rose up and am alive to this day. Oh, I have endured many such difficulties, such tests of my zeal, no, it did not quench my zeal. It, it made my zeal burn hotter to tell people who Jesus is. <laughs> we returned then to Antioch. Sometime later, set forth again. Our second missionary journey started with a lurch. You see, because Barnabas and I could not agree about the young man, John Mark. He had deserted us on our first trip. It was such a sharp disagreement. I was so zealous in my opinion that I, I would not allow the young man. And so Silas and I went off together, Barnabas, on another voyage. We went back to the churches that we had planted there and then accepted a call to go to Macedonia and began preaching all around Philippi, Caesarea, 
Thessalonica, all the way down to Corinth. <laughs> it was at Philippi uh, we got into more trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a girl following us. She had a demon, it was clear, and we commanded that demon to leave the girl. She was a slave girl, you see, making money for her masters, and they didn't like it. They threw us into jail for a good act. He didn't think it was so good. Silas and I were beaten with rods, our feet then placed in stocks, our bodies ached, our bruises felt awful, Oh, our throats were parched. And so we sang. <laughs> we worshipped. It's amazing how worship will take your mind off your struggles. And as we worshipped, the other prisoners heard. The jailer was amazed. And then another miracle, an earthquake. What the first miracle was, we were not crushed by falling degree, the, the debris. The second miracle was uh, uh, the chains fell off and the doors flew open. At once the jailer ran in. <laughs> I assured him that everyone was there and his response was, how can I be saved? <laughs> I told him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household and you will be saved. <laughs> he took us to his home. They did believe. He cleansed our wounds, and we baptized the whole family. <laughs> we have had so many adventures, miraculous salvations. In time, we made our way to Corinth, and there I spent a year and a half speaking first in the synagogue, hoping that my fellow Jews would understand, but when they did not, we moved next door <laughs> and kept preaching for all the Gentiles. It was there that I continued to write. My letter to the Romans was written in Corinth. That's when I worked with Priscilla and Aquila to earn our keep, making tents was a marvelous time of ministry. And finally, we made our way back to Antioch. I will not go through all of our journeys. They are far too numerous for uh, this time. But I will tell you <laughs> of our trip to Rome. Now, God had impressed upon me that I was to go to Jerusalem. Many people came to me and said, no, Paul, don't do it. You will, you will not be accepted. The Lord has told you that. Here's what will happen. You will be bound. You will be attacked. We are afraid for you, Paul. Don't go. But I did. My zeal was to go to Jerusalem. I felt the Lord had called me. And so I went. And they were right. <laughs> things did not go well. I will not recall all the details, but uh, uh, suffice it to say the Jews had it in for me. 
there were riots. I was beaten at once, almost flogged when I reminded the uh, centurion of my Roman citizenship. Why, they protected me. I tried to speak to the people, but they would not be convinced. Why, then it was. He took me back to safety, and I learned of a plot. A plot 40 Jewish men had not to eat or drink until I was dead. They were that serious about assassinating me. I was such an embarrassment to them, I suppose. Thankfully to God, my nephew overheard their plot. The son of my sister heard what they were planning to do and went to the authorities and told them, these men are planning to kill my uncle. Can you help? And they did. <laughs> Why, that very night, the centurion ordered that I should be taken from there with a guard of 200 Roman soldiers and taken away further out of their reach. All this continued. My captivity, the trials, allowed me to speak the truth of the gospel to Many in high places, the, sea, the uh, Herods, oh, too many to mention. And ultimately, when I appealed my case to Caesar, I knew I would be going to Rome. <laughs> I had not anticipated all these circumstances, but here I am. And I continue to preach and to write and to teach. Well, I must tell you one more story before I uh, perhaps um, give you the chance to ask a question or two. Uh, have you ever been shipwrecked? I have twice. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Romans uh, had me on a ship, and we were on our way to Rome from uh, the, the uh, eastern Mediterranean there, we were supposed to uh, spend the winter in Fairhaven, but the centurion or the shipmaster, I think, was under pressure, did not take my good advice. And so we left that safe harbor and were blown into a storm. It's called a nor'easter. The wind blows incessantly for days and nights and weeks. And so we were afraid. The sailors threw off all the cargo, hoping to lighten the ship. They threw off the ship's tackle, a heavy piece of machinery. Why, and we, we were afraid for our lives. And then it was the Lord spoke to me that he would save everyone on the ship. And so we took bread together. The ship ran aground, and we paddled to shore on bits of flotsam. Every one was safe, thanks to God. Now, consider yourself one of those shipwreck survivors on an island, wet, cold, darkness. Someone started a fire on the beach. I went to gather some firewood, and when I placed it on the fire, a snake leapt out and latched onto my arm. Why, the villagers thought, ah, oh, he, he must be the worst criminal of all. Why, to survive a shipwreck and get bitten by a killer snake, I shook it off into the fire. 
They knew it was a venomous viper. They thought, how could he survive if he were not a, a god himself? I said, no, 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 I am not a god. No, I am not a god. But my god, the one true god, has saved me from the ship, from the snake, and from my sin. And I shall tell you about him. In those days, weeks following, before we left that small island, everyone on the island knew of Christ. God had worked another miracle of healing on that land. And many people came to know. And so, whatever circumstances God has led me through, my zeal for him keeps me preaching and teaching, impressing upon people, whether Jew or Greek, whether free or slave, prisoner or guard, they all must know the truth. What Stephen knew as he died, that Jesus is Lord, that his life, death, and resurrection are our hope for eternal life. And so now I teach, I write. I, uh, my uh, friend Tychicus, he writes mostly, and uh, I, my eyesight is very poor. Sometimes I will sign a letter, but I try to use everything to teach. Uh, I wonder if I could find one fine volunteer, uh, because I use lots of ways to teach people. Will you come up, young lady? Yes, yes. Well, why don't you both come up? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, all three. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, now, you see, as, as believers, come this way, please. You're going to pretend to be soldiers, all right? Face front. Yes, now, we must do what she does. Put on your helmet of salvation. Okay. Then we have our breastplate of righteousness. Yes, the righteousness of Christ protects us. The helmet of salvation, put it on again, is our knowledge that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He saves us. What other armor do we have? We have the belt of truth. Like this, belt of truth. You know what it does? It holds our pants up. <laughs> I don't wear pants. I have a robe. Okay. It is if, uh, really what it is, is it holds all of our weapons. Yes, it is what we reproduce. We send out truth with those arrows, you see, the belt of truth. And we have uh, on our feet the flip-flops of salvation. Our feet, our bare feet, oh dear, our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Do you know what that means? We take the gospel everywhere we go. Can you do that? Of course, one more thing, two more things. The shield of faith. Put up your shield. Yeah, she has shoes on. We're moving on. Here we go. The shield of faith. Yes, I believe that God will protect us. And the sword of the Spirit. 
don't poke me, okay? <laughs> the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word and truth, and that will divide error from truth. It's really, it's really quite handy, okay? All right, don't hit each other, okay? And so you see the, the armor of God is what we wear every day, whether we have flip-flops or tennis shoes or bare feet. Always dress in the armor of God, yes? All right. Soldier, don't poke her. March back to your seats. Go ahead. <laughs> I wish I had children. No, I don't. Okay. I have many spiritual children. <laughs> yes, uh, some of them behave and some of them don't. You might remember uh, if you had shared, if you someone had shared the, my letters to the Corinthians, they were not good children. No, <laughs> I have many letters. And I'm writing one now to the uh, church at Colossae. Uh, maybe I could try it on you. Listen, I think it's pretty good. <clears throat> if then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Sit your minds on things above, not on things of the earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When your Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger and wrath and malice, slander and obscene talk. Do not lie to each other, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you think they'll like it? <laughs> I think so. Sharing this meant reading it to the church. Oh, here's a letter from Paul. And then taking it to the next church. Here's Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. He wants us to know it too. We share and share and share. Maybe that will catch on someday. 
I told you I might take a question or two. Uh, perhaps now is the time to do that. Uh, yes. What happened to my voice? I'm not sure why you asked that. You say my voice is different as a puppet. I'm not a puppet. I am no man's puppet. Good question. Young lady next, yes. Uh. A little bit louder, please. The How do I feel about losing my beard? I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. Next question. Yes. How many languages do I know? That's a good question. Let's see. Uh, I would know Aramaic. I would speak Greek. Yes. And in my studies as a Pharisee, I probably would understand Latin as well. Yeah. Very good question. Way in the back, a yellow shirt. That's all I can see. What? Loudly, please. Did I shave my beard? I ripped it off. <laughs> with satisfaction. Way in the back, there's someone waving their hands. Yes? Take my hat off. No. Last question of a serious nature before we all get silly. What? Where's the snake bite? Oh, that's a good question. It's right here. See it? Of course you can't see it. God healed it. That's why. Now, no more questions. No more questions. I have to tell you one last thing. Please sit. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I know not when God will release me from this Roman prison, this house arrest. But I am not worried. Nor should you worry, whatever your circumstance might be, for God is able and will guard you, guide you through every circumstance. Present your request with thanksgiving to God and allow his peace to rule and reign in your hearts. I have a feeling someday we will meet again. Shalom.